course, as a regular Joe, a regular young Nigerian, just trying to make ends meet, and they portray him as a guy who is always at loss as to what to do, who doesn't understand so much. But the message of this season is that even if you have been considered an apostle, the one who doesn't really know his left from his right, and who is just struggling, the Lagos hustler, he has created you to be an influencer, and he wants to make you an influencer. Can I get an amen to that? So as we follow through this series, starting from this first message, I want all of us to know the objective of this series is to underscore the fact that anyone can lead, that God has given all of us influence, and as a church, we believe that there's grace upon each and every one of us. There's a seed of greatness that God has planted in us. This church exists uh, to make greatness common. That's our mission. And it means that everyone has influence and everyone can shine your light. Everyone can be the salt of the earth, which is the message of Jesus Christ. So, Isaiah chapter 9, I'll read from verse 16. Isaiah chapter 9 from verse 16. As we start out today, I'm making a case for leadership, a case for strong leadership. That's what we're making today. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 16. Read it all the way, uh, maybe down to about. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 16, it says, For the leaders of these people cause them to hear, and those who are led by them are destroyed. We're talking about the importance of leadership. The leaders of these people cause them to hear, and those who are led by them are destroyed. Therefore, the Lord will not have no joy in their young men, not because the young men have done anything wrong, but because of the leadership and the effect of bad leadership. He said, the Lord will have no joy in their young men, nor have mercy on their fatherless and widows. For everyone is a hypocrite and evildoer, and every mouth speaks fully. For all is anger, for all this is anger, is not turned away. But his hand is stretched out still. So for the wicked, for wickedness burns as fire, it shall devour the, the, the briars and thorns and kindle in the thicket of the forest. They shall mount up like rising smoke through the wrath of the Lord of hosts. The, the land is burned up and the people shall be as fuel for the fire. No man shall spare his brother and he shall snatch on the right hand and be angry. He shall devour on the left and not be satisfied. Every man shall eat the flesh of his own ham. Manasseh shall devour Ephraim. And Ephraim, Manasseh. Together they shall be against Judah. For all this is anger. God's anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. The Lord bless the reading of his word describes the kind of situation we have in our nation today. So this message has a prophetic edge to it. And I believe that God is going to use it as we all imbibe it to start to turn the situation around around us, individually, collectively, as a nation. The Bible says here that where there's bad leadership, the leaders of the people cause them to hear, and the ones that are led by them 
are destroyed. Not because they want to be destroyed, but because they fall under bad leadership. When there's bad leadership, many bad things happen. The scripture describes it here. How is a dog-eat-dog situation? One tribe will fight another. Manasseh will fight Ephraim. And together, they will both destroy Judah. You know, it's a terrible description that we see here. Ethnic rivalry, um, you know, lack of peace. The past uh, week or so, we got a threat from a certain part of our country. It still points to the fact that we're lacking good or great leadership in this nation. And I make bold to say, like we all know, that everything rises and falls on leadership. At home, in the church, in the political arena, in the corporate setting, everything rises and falls on leadership. The scripture says here that the leaders, leaders of these people cause them to hear, and those who are led of them are destroyed. Be careful who is leading you. Leadership can either be a blessing or a curse. Be careful who is leading your home. Be careful who is leading in your church. Be careful who is leading where you labor in your office. Be careful how you lead in your business. Because leadership is either a blessing or a curse. And everybody wins when a leader gets better. Leadership is very important. And that's why we're speaking about it this season. It's a time where a generation is crying out for leadership. A nation is crying out for leadership. Even in the church, we're crying out for better, great leadership. In the corporate Nigeria, in corporate Africa, we're crying out for great leadership. Everything, not some things, everything rises and falls on leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Now, where there's no leadership is different from where there's bad leadership. Where there's no leadership, there will be chaos. No leadership shows a lack of vision and no collective focus. Because vision is the rallying point. In Genesis chapter 1, when you read from verse 1, created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And it says, darkness covered the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Light there speaks of vision, clarity. God started with vision, started with clarity. Vision is the rallying point, something that is greater than all of us. When a nation has a vision, leadership becomes more meaningful. Because we know where we're going. The only thing we need to talk about is whether whoever is leading us has the capacity and the competence to lead us to where we are going. But there, there, at least there's some, something about where we are going. That's why there has to be light first. And I want you to look around your life today and ask yourself the question. I warned them in the first service that as I teach this morning, don't be uh, um, a traffic warder. We will just be passing what I'm saying, some, some people are passing it to their bosses at work. No, now pastor is talking about my boss. Oh, pastor is talking about president right now. Pastor is talking about uh, governor right now. Pastor is talking about this. No. I'm talking to you. So don't pass it. Own it. Yeah. Don't worry about people who are not here. They will watch it on TV. <laughs> they watch it on the internet and get their own. Yeah. 
Don't say, Pastor, you're talking about my spouse right now. No, I'm talking about you. You are the spouse also. So own it and take your own. Are we, are we okay with that? I said, are we okay with that? If you look around your life right now, wherever there's chaos, it means there's a call for leadership in that area. If your career has become chaotic, it means you need to be led as far as your career is concerned. You need to seek leadership. If your business is going down and you have been praying, you need to do a little more than praying. Or you need to change your prayer. Because it's either your prayer will give you a higher leadership capacity or bring you to someone who can lead you to go the right direction. But we cannot keep doing the same thing the same way and expect a different result. It's one of the definitions of insanity. When we pray, we expect God to move, but we refuse to move. We expect God to do everything, we, do, we refuse to do anything differently. One of the things that prayer would do in the life of a believer is to show you what to do differently. If your prayer is not connecting you with a different method, different mindset, where your mind is being renewed as you pray, the prayer is useless. Any prayer that confers all responsibility on God and excludes a believer is a religious prayer. It's not a real prayer. Any prayer that confers every responsibility for change on God does not share <laughs> your portion of the change with you is religious. It's not good prayer. And it's time that we pray the right way. I'm not speaking on prayer today, but I feel that will help somebody. But somebody may even be sitting here right now, second guessing what I'm teaching. Say, ah, is this not church? Why are they teaching leadership? Should be teaching about prayer. Uh -huh. You cannot grow beyond your leadership capacity. You can't grow anything around you beyond your leadership capacity. So it's very important. Where there's no leadership, there's chaos. Where there's a vacuum or chaos, leadership is required. We seek God in prayer. God wants to show us something. He wants to release his light upon our lives to create clarity, to create a new vision. And that vision becomes a rallying point. Where there's bad leadership, there's evil. I said, where there's no leadership, there's chaos. Where there's bad leadership, there's evil. Bad leaders have an agenda to oppress, to repress, and to subvert destinies. The devil uses bad leaders to oppress, to repress, and to suppress, uh, uh, and to subvert destinies. Leaders are always a tool in the hand of the devil to destroy lives. All through, the, I mean, our history, we've seen all kinds of leaders. And that agenda is against peaceful coexistence. But he decided that was what he was going to do. Under the influence of the devil, obviously, I can say it boldly. Yeah. There's bad leadership, there's wickedness. There's evil. Leadership should bring positive advancement, not destruction. That's what leadership should bring. Positive advancement, not destruction. That's what leadership should bring. So goes the leader, so goes the people. The poor leadership will create failures in the system. But this is how we put it. He said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. This time around, was talking to spiritual leaders. Yeah. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, he called them. He says, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte. A proselyte means a convert. 
said you, you do all the activities to win one convert. And when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourself. In some, I mean, today people are literally broken right within the church. Not because God wants his church to be like that. They are craving and crying for better leadership in the church. And we're not going to experience what happened in, 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 in the West, especially in Europe, Europe, where young people walked away en masse from the church. There's a need for us to focus on better leadership, leadership that will connect, that will factor in different changes that is happening in our world today. And think of the younger generation. Jesus said here that it's possible to be a religious leader that's supposed to be transforming people's lives, but yet destroy it. He said you, you go far and wide to win one convert, and at the end of the day, twice a son of hell. <laughs> where there's bad leadership, bad things happen. Evil happens where there's bad leadership. Poor leadership will create failure in the system. That's what Jesus said. And that he directed to us as church leaders. But it's not the exclusive preserve of church leaders. In corporate Nigeria, bad leadership will bring evil. In any home where there's bad leadership, you'll see evil. You know what they call household wickedness? It's because of bad leadership. You see that in the life of David. I'm going to get into it in this series. When there's a leader in the home who cannot address real issues, bad, evil things will start to happen. The law of the lead, according to John C. Maxwell, leadership ability determines a person's level of effectiveness. You want to get better personally, you need to seek to increase your leadership quotient. It's a tragedy when an unfit person occupies a position of influence. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. That's why we focus a lot in this church on training we want to raise people with capacity. When the situation, if somebody leaves this church to occupy a leadership position in corporate Nigeria or in government, we can say this person has gone through some kind of capacitation that will help the person to deliver. It's important also to know that in, in, in the history of mankind, no organization got better than our leadership. I can say that again and again. You can take this to the bank. In the history of humanity, there's no organization that has gotten better than our leadership. That's how important leadership is. There's no family that has gotten better than our leadership. If you see anything that looks better than the quality of leadership, it's a mirage. It's going to topple. And, and you know, it's like, um, it's like a pack of cards. It's going to crumble. It's just a matter of time. You know, sometimes people are building organizations. Things are moving very fast. Everything is... If you don't focus on leadership that undergirds that growth, everything is going to crumble. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. And we've seen organizations come and go. As a proof of the fact that there's no organization in the history of mankind that has gotten better than the quality of our leadership. So the destiny of a people is determined by those who lead them. Woe unto you, O land, when your king is a child and your princes feast in the morning, 
That means your, your princes, they lack self-discipline, the lack, con- lack of control of appetite of all sorts. That means the wrong people in leadership. Verse 17 says, Blessed are you, O land, when your king is a son of nobles, and your princes feast at the proper time. Somebody say proper time. Proper time speaks of capacity to delay gratification. Yeah. Your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. I can stay on that for the next uh, how many minutes. Yeah. For strength and not for drunkenness. Strength speaks of capacity to build and to raise up. Yeah. That's what we use strength for. To build things up. To build the foundation of many generations. To raise things up. When you see a leadership that is not focused on building up. You know, today we talk about infrastructural deficit. It's because leadership has been feasting for drunkenness, not for strength. Because when there's strength, there will be political will to make the life of the people better. And I'm, I don't want you to think too far. This message is not for Aso Rock. It's for you. You are the rock. Yeah. Yeah. It's for you. Because I, I know when, if I teach on leadership, many people will be thinking, but I'm not a leader. You know, I'm not, I don't occupy any position. What can I do right now? I'm going to get to you. Just wait. Just wait. Wait for me. Wait for me. I still have maybe about 15 more minutes with this message. Just wait for me. Yeah. Don't pass it on. Own it. Everything we're going to be teaching this season, don't pass it on. Own it. It has a promise of life transformation for you, for your business, for your family, for your career. So hold it. Don't pass it on. Don't pass it on. That scripture is very instructive. That your princess feast at the proper time. Proper time. And you have me tap your neighbor say there's time for everything. Your princess feast at the proper time. But it's to delay gratification. To manage your appetite. Appetite for money. Appetite for sex. Appetite for all kinds of food. And all kinds of entertainment. Young people of today, uh, they have a very large appetite for entertainment. Insatiable appetite for entertainment. That's why some people will leave church and go to a show where somebody is nude. And you ask yourself, what is, what is, uh, what, what, what is this nude person or this nude show doing to me? Or how does it connect with my destiny? Yeah. It's just entertainment. Am I saying the truth? And if you ask the person, it's just entertainment. Just entertainment. Shouldn't we have a moderate appetite for entertainment? Entertainment is good. A merry heart makes good like medicine. That's what the scripture says. But shouldn't we tailor our appetite and make it the one that will not derail us? Esau could not control his appetite. He over-exaggerated it. He said, if I don't eat this red stew now, I'm going to die. No adult can die for skipping one meal. But when you overemphasize and overestimate and you make your appetite larger than life, it leads to destruction. Blessed are you, O land. Blessed are you, O family. Blessed are you, O business. Blessed are you, O church. Blessed are you, O nation. When your king is a son of nobles 
and your princes feast at the proper time. Somebody say proper time. Feast at the proper time, not for, I mean, for strength and not for drunkenness. For strength and not for drunkenness. Drunkenness there is not only speaking of drinking alcohol, no. It's speaking of lack of ability to control your appetite. Yeah. Because it's indulgence, that's what it means. Yeah, that's the right word I'm looking for. Indulgence, that's what drunkenness there means. Not just drinking. No. Indulgence. When you choose to live a life where you just want to indulge. And you make money for indulgence. You, you do, you work for indulgence. You do everything for indulgence. You are not a son of, of nobles. That's what the scripture says. Yeah. Such people, when put into leadership, will, will, will create destruction. And if that's how you are living right now, I want to challenge you today. It's time to take the sense of leadership to the next level. Require that you make certain shifts and certain adjustments about how you live your life right now. The destiny of a people is determined by those who lead them. The destiny of your business is determined by your lifestyle right now. And you need to come to terms with that. If you don't take responsibility for leadership, things stagnate. Jesus said in Mark 2 and 22, new wine can only be poured into new wine skin. God is not a waster. Whatever you don't have capacity to manage, he may not give you. The devil can give you anything. Yeah. The devil gives anything, whether you have capacity to manage it or not, because he doesn't mind for the thing to destroy you. Because he came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. John 10, 10. I hope you understand that. Because some people wonder, why do Christians have to pray and fast for something that unbelievers get for free? You don't understand the kingdom. <laughs> because in the kingdom, there's preparation, there's capacitation, there is relationship with God, and all that. For the devil, what's his business? If he's going to make him finish you on time, if you ask for it, he will give you. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Because he came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. If that big business will lead quickly to your destruction, it will give you. <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. But a believer may not understand that and say, ah, with everything that we're doing, God is capacitating you, tempering you. <laughs> Why do I have to fast to get this when an unbeliever, you know, is not fasting to get it? <laughs> You're not going the same direction. Such people don't come to ask the same question later. They say the person who didn't fast and got this. But now, when everything is capitulating and everything is, you know, going down, or maybe marriage is uh, going south and uh, uh, filing for bankruptcy and all that, you don't come back to say, because God wants to give you sustainable progress. And every progress that is sustainable is not a walk in the park. It's an uphill task. My next level, level is always uphill. Nobody strolls uphill. It requires effort. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Every meaningful progress is uphill. It's not downhill. Anybody can go downhill. Am I saying the truth? If you don't need any effort, wind can carry you downhill. But it takes a strong wind to carry you up, uphill. Yeah. And every meaningful progress in life is uphill. It's not downhill. 
I mean, that means it requires some effort. God wants to prepare you for that. That's why he will lead you. He will, you know, want to guide you. He wants you to, you know, go through certain processes. It's never going to be a walk in the park. And that's where leadership becomes important. Is somebody still with me today? Glory be to Jesus. Where there's good leadership, there's joy and peace. Proverbs 19 and verse 2 says, where the righteous rules, the city rejoices. So leadership is so important to the destiny of a people. You know the way I love to capture this? Good leadership is a miracle. Yeah. You've never heard that before. I'm saying it again. Good leadership is a miracle. You know, we prefer certain kind of miracles, and I love all kinds of miracles. I love supernatural healing. I love, you know, for blind eyes to be opened. I love for the dead to be raised. But can I tell you the truth? One of the greatest miracles, next to the miracle of salvation, is good leadership. Because as humans, we are wired to be selfish. <laughs> Some people even get into leadership with good intention, but there are spirits that have been positioned there to help them to change their mind and become evil people when they get into leadership. Wherever you see good leadership in place, a miracle has happened. I'm telling you the truth. A miracle has happened. A miracle has happened. One of the greatest miracles that we experience you know, on this part of eternity is good leadership. Good leadership. When you see good leadership in a home, there's peace, there's progress in that home. When you see good leadership in a business, there's, there's legacy, there's posterity in that business. Not just prosperity. Posterity in that business. Many people here you know, work with all kinds of organizations that people have labored over for tens and hundreds of years. Some of us who work in multinationals. You have that organization to work in because some people put certain principles and values in place. Some of the organizations have been existing for over 100 years, 200 years. Some people have been custodians of those standards and values and all that and led very well. And that's why you have a place to work today. What are you going to leave for the next generation? Is it going to crumble on your head? Or is there something that will be left for the next generation? Good leadership is a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. We are naturally selfish. So when you see someone who is selfless, when you see someone who is serving other people, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. So for everyone in this house who have felt inadequate, who have asked the question, I don't, I mean, do you really think I'm a leader? I'm not really a leader. It's time for us to redefine a pause. A pause in the old definition is a clown, a runt. One who is unqualified, not eminent, unintelligent, unscrupulous, and who is headed nowhere. But when we come to God's definition of a post, when we come to understand that everybody can lead, and God has a plan for everybody's life, then a new definition of a post will be an influencer, one who is salt and light, a self-aware, self-starter, one who God has qualified and has gifted. Because God qualifies the unqualified. Glory be to Jesus. In Judges chapter 6, we see an apostle there by the name of Gideon. Gideon, when God started to talk to him, said, I can't do this. 
I'm the least in my family. You know, you know, all kinds of things that he had to say. But God looked at him and said, I've made up my mind about you. This is whom I've created you to be. You are an influencer. In Judges chapter 6, verse 14, 15, and 16, the Bible says, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianite. Have I not sent you? Have I not, have, have I not sent you? That's, that's the question. So he said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianite as one man. Glory be to God. That's how God sees all of us. That's how he sees all of us. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 27, the Bible says God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. We write ourselves off, off, but God says, no, I have a call on your life. You can influence. You can do something great with your life. I have a plan for your life. You're not just, you know, run-of-the-mill, lackluster, uh, um, you know, someone on the streets who doesn't know what he's doing or where he's going. God created us. A metaphor Jesus used for us, he said, you are the light of the world and salt of the earth. It means we are all created for influence. We're created for influence. And leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. Leadership is influence. So I can influence and you can influence. That's the plan of God for our lives. To be great influencers. Leadership is beyond charisma, temperament, or status. It's about you believing in yourself and knowing that God has created you for influence. When it comes to leadership, your mindset is what positions you and excludes you or excludes you from, from leadership. It's about how you are seeing yourself. Is it that you are positioning for leadership or you are excluding yourself for leadership? So leadership, ladies and gentlemen, is not about your temperament. Some people say I'm introverted. I don't talk so much, so I can't lead. No. Some of the people who have led so much in our world are people who didn't look like it. The lady Rosa Parks, who, I mean, she was one of the people who fought for racial reconciliation in the U.S. The woman who sat on the bus, where black people are not supposed to ride in the same bus with white people, and she refused to stand up, or to stand up for white people. She said, all men are created equal. And she was arrested, you know, all kinds of things that she went through. She was not uh, a very outspoken person. She just decided, I have influence and I can use it. And I can stand for what is right. That's how she started to lead in our own little corner. Glory be to Jesus. Can you tell your neighbor for me, say, don't disqualify yourself from leadership. Glory be to God. Leadership is not about position, it's about disposition. What is your disposition towards influence? Can you see yourself as a person of influence? That's where we start from. Can you see yourself as someone who can influence what is going on in your life and what is going on in the life of other people? In this series, I'm going to teach one of the Sundays on self-leadership, which is where we actually should start from. How do I start to influence myself so that God can use me to influence other people? So don't disqualify yourself. Leadership is not about position, it's about disposition. 
As I start to wrap this all up, I need you to understand. You're asking the question, who is a leader? And how does one lead? That a leader is first and foremost one who is willing to serve. Jesus said, whoever wants to be the greatest among you must be the servant of all. A leader is one who is willing to serve. Can you hear me tap your neighbor and ask your neighbor, are you willing to serve? Are you willing to touch people's lives? Your answer is yes. That means you're a leader in the making. You're walking the path of leadership already. A leader is first and foremost one who is willing to serve. The best leaders are spirit-led. That's another thing you should have to it. The best leaders are spirit-led. I was saying in the first service, for us to run our homes well, we're going to a relationship series in September, but this is just a preamble. For us to run our homes well, we have to understand leadership. Many marriages have crashed today because we have turned God's principles upside down. Can I speak to a man here today? Maybe you lost a job, your business crumbled, or something happened. You lost your capacity to, pro to, to provide or your economic ability. That does not mean that you are not the leader in your home. Leadership is not about money. It's about wisdom. It's about vision. Can I speak to that man here today to stand tall and take leadership in your home? Your home is crying for leadership. Don't let lack of money rob you of your self-esteem. God created you a leader in that home. Your children are depending on you and looking up to you. Your wife may be more economically empowered than you, but she's looking up to you for leadership. Leadership and money are two different things. Capacity for vision, for execution of vision, for wisdom, for direction, for clarity. That's what we're looking for. Because as you step out and start to lead your home right, then God starts to bring every other thing, you know, back to place. And can I speak to a, a woman here also? You may be called the breadwinner for now. But whatever or whoever God has called the head, don't make them the tail. You have the bread in your corner. Don't turn God's divine order upside down. You're supposed to join this man to lead and to be an encourager of destiny. So stay on your lane. Stay on your lane. It's important to know that only one person can drive a car per time. But we can negotiate who should drive per time. Men, we can yield position when it's a woman's area of strength. You don't always have to be the spokesperson for the family if you struggle to express yourself. Let the woman who can speak better speak. We can negotiate who holds the steering per time. If it's your area of strength, take the steering. Yeah. You do it with my permission. I yield leadership to you for this season. But whenever you see that we are struggling with the steering, that's a home heading for a crash. Yeah. Rather than struggle for the steering, 
We can negotiate and yield from time to time because we're supposed to lead together. Can somebody stay with me today? Many homes are crashing because there's a struggle for the steering. Yeah. Women should allow the men to lead. Men should allow women to lead when it comes to their time, their area of strength, where they have capacity for yield the ground. Yeah. You can win an argument, but lose a friend. What have you gained? Many people want to win an argument, but they don't mind losing a friend in the bid to do that. Yeah. When you refuse for the right person to lead part time, it's to the detriment of that home. If it's about managing money, the person who knows about it the most will lead the way. That's how we maximize the different gifts that God has brought into this family. Not to repress the gift because I'm the head, I'm the head. And so what? Yeah. <laughs> no. We recognize each person's areas and we yield to them in their area. Even Jesus empowered his disciples. Have you thought about it before? Today we use the word empowerment, empowerment. What did Jesus do? And he gave unto them power. Yeah, that's empowerment. Give unto them power. You know, <laughs> when they approach Jesus, that they want to cast out devils. I'm going to teach on this a little more in, the, you know, in this series. If Jesus were to be a leader of today, you look at them and say, hey, you, you want to cast out devils? Say yes. Were you there when I fasted for 30 days and 30 nights, 40 days and 40 nights? Where, did you hear that the devil came to tempt me? Or to, where, were you there? Do you know where power comes from? You know, you know how to spare power? <laughs> you know, a leader of today will send his disciples back into the wilderness to go and fast their own 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> but Jesus, the Bible says, and he gave them power over unclean spirit to cast them out. And he said, freely you have received, freely give. That's leadership. That's leadership. Anything you hold on to for too long, you are going to lose it. Yeah. We are called to reproduce and multiply ourselves in people. So whether at home, at work, in church, everywhere. It's time for us to lead. It's time for us to lead. Lead in your sphere of influence. Let me hand with that. Lead in your sphere of influence. There's a reason why God has placed you in that office. I love it when a young man walked up to me after the last service and said, Pastor, that place where you ended really spoke to me. And he mentioned the name of one highly placed person in this country. He said, I just resume." as his um, executive assistant said, all his executive directors report to me, through me to him. And he said, while you are speaking, I just felt a huge weight on me and I just wanted to pray for him. And I laid my hands on him and prayed for him. The hearing of an important person in this country. God positions people. And God has positioned you somewhere. As little as house help, house made. It's a divine positioning. Yeah. It's a divine positioning. I was having a conversation with my daughter's nannies last night. 
And you know, she was talking to me, and I, and I even thought about it. How many of our church members can be having a discussion with me at 8 p.m.? And, um, you know, we're chatting and talking, you know, and all that. And after she left, I was thinking, eh, this woman is powerful. <laughs> Just like in my, in my living room. That's how it is when you, when you, you, you read 2 Kings chapter 5 when you get home. Just the whole chapter. You will see a story of influence. But let me point this out. In verse 2, the Bible talks about the fact that Israel, uh, Syria went and attacked Israel and they carried some people captive. And there was a young lady that was carried captive. And then when they go back to Syria, they made her the house cell in the house of the general in Syria, Potiphar. I mean, sorry, uh, Naaman. Yeah, they made her the house cell there. And it was that lady that waited on Naaman's wife. Give me verse 3. Look at how she led there. She influenced that home positively. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. We are solution providers everywhere. We are people of influence. Don't take where God has planted you for granted. Don't say, When I become governor, when I become a senator, when I become MDCU, this lady was just a house help. He suggested something because she has a hearing of her boss. And off they went to Israel, to Samaria, to go and look for Elisha the prophet. Even when they got there, like I was sharing during Accelerate, the man, Naaman, had a methodology of approach that the prophet should use to heal him. He said, I thought the prophet would come out. Pride set him. The prophet, was, the prophet didn't have leprosy. You are the one that has leprosy. <laughs> you shouldn't have leprosy and still have a methodology of approach to heal leprosy. Leave it to the prophet. At least to anyone that God has empowered for that. This guy was saying, I thought he would come out because Elijah just sent his PA to him and said, go and wash in Jordan seven times and you'll be okay. The man said, no, 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 no. That prescription is not good for me. I can hire a general. I mean, we're harassing you people here. We're your leader. We're in charge of you. You are now sending me to you. If, if that's what you wanted to do, we had, we had better rivers in Syria. I would have washed there. I didn't have to come this far. In verse 13, you know what happened? <laughs> verse 13, and his servant, another servant, rightly positioned by God. Is it right now for me to say, could it be right for me to say, that maybe God will hold each and every one of us accountable for the stewardship of our positioning? Yeah. Notwithstanding how low we think that positioning is. That servant came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? And sense returned back to Naaman from what this servant said. And then he went to wash and he was cleansed. Be careful how you steward your divine positioning, whether high, high or low. Be careful how you respond to people that God has put in place to help you to lead and to help you to make good decisions. Don't say it's just a house help talking. God may be speaking to somebody through you. Don't say I'm just a house help. No. God may have put you in that place for such a time as this. Lift your two hands to Jesus this morning and just ask him, Lord, help me 
to lead. Help me to be a person of influence. Help me to be a person of influence. I know I'm called to be an influencer. I'm the light, I'm the salt of the earth. Help me, Father, to be a woman of influence, a man of influence. Help me not to waste every opportunity that you bring my way to lead and to transform lives. Can somebody pray this morning, Lord, everything that you have put in my hand will not die in my hand. I receive grace today to lead better. That business will not fail in my hand. This family will not disintegrate in my hand. I receive the wisdom to lead my family. Wisdom to lead well. Wisdom to lead well at home, to lead well at work. Wisdom to fulfill my ministry that nothing may crumble in my hand again. Somebody pray today. Pray today.